Hello, dear friends. I hope you recognize that theme song. It means it's time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here uh, on our website. And we're so glad that you've joined us today to be part of this Bible study. This is a very strategic uh, focus and emphasis that we are on. And I believe the Holy Spirit is directing it because we're talking about seven reasons and there are more reasons. But we we want to use these seven in particular to show that there are barriers to blessings. There are, uh, there are spiritual laws that can be broken that will hinder God answering our prayers. Not because He's not able, not even because He's not willing, but because we are not in the right position spiritually to receive those answers and the enemy knows that he can't stop God he's found that out a long long he knows it better than we know it the devils believe and they tremble the scripture said so it's he knows he cannot stop God but he knows who can stop God it is very clear In the Old Covenant, it said of ancient Israel, who he brought out of Egypt and would have brought them into Canaan. But 40 years later, they were still stumbling around in the wilderness. Oh, friend of mine, uh, we find in Scripture that it said, "How How often did they provoke him in the wilderness? Yea, they turned back and limited the Holy One of Israel. Well, if, if, if we, through our lack of faith and fidelity, our lack of obedience and devotion to God, if we break spiritual laws that He has put in place, you know the law maker cannot be or, or tolerate being a law breaker. He has to react to that. And the enemy knows that. If he can get us turned wrong with God, God can't legitimately hear from heaven and heal our land. He can't legitimately hear our prayer and send the deliverance, the healing, and the help that we need. The devil can't stop God. But we, through our disobedience and through breaking these clear scriptural principles... We can either hinder our prayer life or or stop God from answering our prayer. And it's very clear here in Scripture. Many people would rather just deal with faith. Let me just build my faith. Uh, don't worry about sin in my heart or my life. Let me, Oh, friend, that's a touchy subject today. <laughs> don't don't go after my idols in my heart. This is the second principle that will hinder or stop answers to prayer. Don't go after the sin in my life, the idols in my heart, and about the selfishness that that has overtaken me. Let's don't go there. And and stubbornness born out of pride. Let's don't deal with that. Or as we're going to today. And the fifth out of the seven, stinginess, particularly in relation to the poor. So let's don't talk about sin that separates from God and closes his ears. He said, my hand is not short that it cannot save. My ears not heavy that it cannot hear. But sin has separated between us and our God. I know the sin issue is settled at the cross positionally. 
But there's more than positional righteousness that God requires. He requires a personal and practical righteousness. For the grace of God that's provided the positional righteousness has also called us to personal practical righteousness. For the grace of God that's appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness, we should live righteously and godly in this present world. Grace is not a cover-up for sin. There is an answer for sin and its repentance and its confession. So God's not looking for sinless perfection, but He is looking for sincerity transparency and honesty on our part. So we need to deal with these issues because we desperately need God to come through, God to show up, and God to show out when we pray. I don't know about you, but my needs are real, and I have to have reality in my answers. I can't have some kind of doctrine explain away why God doesn't keep His promises. I don't believe you can explain it away. I don't believe there's an explanation for it on God's part. I believe the problem is on our part. And I don't know about you, dear brother and sister, but I want to be right with God. I know I can't be perfect, and I know, and God knows you can't be perfect, but we can do better than we are doing. Amen. And if God sees the the willingness of our heart, He will help us with the weakness of our flesh. I want to say that again. If God sees the willingness of our heart, He will help us with the weakness of our flesh. I don't know about you, but I, if, I, if I wasn't saying it, I'd write it down. In fact, I think I'll write it down even though I said it. I'm not, amen. Because I don't want to ever forget this great truth. Remember Simon Peter? What God told him, when, what Christ told him when he was going into Gethsemane in the garden to pray. He said, Peter, I want you to stay right here and pray. And then, and, and I'm going on a little further. I must be alone, but I need you to be prayerfully supportive of me. And when he came back from that time of agonizing, he found that Peter had fallen asleep. Here's what he said. He didn't condone what Peter did that was wrong, clearly. He said, Peter, couldn't you watch with me? That means pray and intercede for me for one Just one hour. And then he looked past the weakness of Peter's flesh to the willingness of Peter's heart. And he said the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. You see, I want to verify that again. When God sees the willingness of our heart, he will help us. And give us grace and mercy for the weakness of our flesh. So going into this, this is not to condemn us. This is to convince us that God is faithful. His promises to those that believe are yea and amen. But it takes more than faith alone to receive the promises of God. There are circumstances attitudes and activities of the life and attitudes within the heart 
that can hinder answers to prayer and thereby the keeping of precious promises. Listen very carefully. We talked about sin and the reality is that if we say we have no sin, we lie and do not the truth. But if we confess our sin, this is the beginning of all revival that has ever taken place. When we confess our sin and we are forgiven and then God begins to restore that broken relationship and restore and reconcile us hallelujah amen then prayers are answered lives are changed hallelujah idols in our heart will keep god from coming through god won't sit on the sideline of your life or mine but if we seek him first and the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything we need will be added unto us. Selfishness. We have not because we ask not. We ask and receive not because we ask amiss to consume it on ourselves. And of course, there's stubbornness born out of pride. God resists the proud, but he gives grace. To the humble. Hallelujah. And it brings us today to stinginess. Now this kind of overlaps with selfishness. But it is in a particular area. In relation to the poor and the needy. Oh, friend of mine, I, I've, I've had many occasions when I've emptied my pockets and pocketbook to help somebody. Uh, and, uh, and I don't want to ever become stingy in that area. I want to be very sensitive when God prompts me to do something. I, I was in a restaurant for a pastor's meeting and they all left and I, I felt the prompting of the Lord recently and I, I walked down through the restaurant to the other end of it quite long building and there was a man sitting in a booth by himself uh, uh, and I walked over to the booth he was a, a, a black man looked like he was a, a, a working class man having breakfast before going to work sitting all alone by himself and the Lord said I want to bless this man well, I, I didn't just say, well, <laughs> you know, bless him do whatever you want God bless you sir and walk away I said sir can I, can I pay your check for you? Because God wants to bless you. And, and, and it wasn't about the, the, the check, the $12 or $10 breakfast. You know what it was about? It was about this man knowing just how much God loved him. And that he was sitting there all alone. But God was aware of his situation, his circumstance. And, and, and I said, I said, sir, can I do that? I said, I, God must love you a lot because he wouldn't let me leave here uh, until I found someone to be a blessing to this morning. He said, there's the man. And I started to walk away. I didn't want to thank you. I just wanted to obey God. And, and he said, sir, would you please pray for me? And I took him by the hand and the Holy Spirit literally prayed through me hallelujah for him it wasn't in tongues but it was in direct relation to his particular need and i'm going to tell you something when we get rid of selfishness that creates stinginess and we open ourselves to god fully and totally god is going to use us and god is going to hear us 
when we pray. The scripture is very clear. When stinginess in relation to the poor, in Proverbs 21 and verse 13, it said, He who shuts his ear to the cry of the poor will cry himself and not be answered. Now, this is simply a spiritual law that's in effect throughout all of the scripture. And it's the law of sowing and reaping. In the old covenant, it's presented this way. From the, rise, when the, from the rising of the sun to the going down thereof, the rising of the sun to the going down, seed time and harvest shall continue. Sure as sunrise and sunsets, there is seed time, a time to sow, and a time to reap. There will never, however, come a time to reap if we do not sow when it's time to sow. That's why Second Corinthians says in verse 9, chapter 9, verse 6, He who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Amen. In Luke 6.38, Christ says, Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. They shall pour into your lap. <laughs> For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you again. Hallelujah. This is sowing. This is reaping. This is that spiritual law. And it's not just about the material world. It's about spiritual things. Because stinginess and shutting one's ear to the cry of the poor in particular will shut the ear of God to our cry when we pray unto Him. See, God doesn't want us to hoard, but He channels through us to be channels through us for His blessing to flow. Believers are not to be tight-fisted with the material blessings that God has given us. R.A. Torrey wrote, and I'm going to quote him, it said, When one thinks of the selfishness of the professing church today, how the orthodox evangelical churches of this land do not average one dollar per year per member for foreign missions, it's no wonder that the church has so little power in prayer. You see, he knew what the Scriptures are very clear about, that it will hinder answered prayer when we are selfish and stingy, particularly in the way that we react when we see the poor in need. I've given uh, groceries, I've given, and I'm not bragging on me, I could give more, we could all do better in this area. We have to be cautious about this. Listen to what God said to ancient Israel concerning Sodom. When I think of Sodom and Gomorrah, I think of the, the sexual sins that brought such fiery judgment. But listen listen to, to the root sins, that, that these sins were just... Uh, 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 the sparks from that 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 fire that was already burning within them in terms of iniquity. Listen to Ezekiel 16 and verse 49. To me, this is an eye-opener because he says, And this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride. There it is. There it is. 
This is that that haughty spirit. The stubbornness is under this. The stinginess is under this. The selfishness is under this umbrella. Pride. And the reason the pride was there, because the next thing, it's a comma, pride, fullness of bread. They were so blessed. Remember Laodicea? Didn't even open the door for Christ when He came, calling them to repentance, knocking on the door, calling them in the book of Revelation. And their testimony was what? We're rich. There's the pride coming forth. Why? Rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. Oh, friend of mine, how wrong they were. Fullness of bread, an abundance of prosperity. Leonard Ravenhill said of America that America has been blessed, uh, cursed with blessings. And the reason he said that was unless we repent of our pride, our arrogance, our self-sufficiency, our disobedience, we're going to be blessed with cursings. Blessings become cursings if we fall into pride. There was a warning when God brought the children of Israel into the promised land that flowed with milk and honey. He said, when you built your houses and you're going to build in this land, it's a prosperous land. You're eaten and art full. You've eaten and art full. Fullness of bread. You can see it. And and you dig ore out of those hills and, and you're in the greatest time of prosperity Israel has ever known materially. And you say in your heart that mine hand hath brought me all those things, gotten me all those things. And you forget the Lord thy God by not keeping His commandments that He gives you. Oh, friend of mine, listen to it. Here's the pattern. This is what really brought Sodom into the terrible, sinful condition. But these were attitudes that we can get into if we're not cautioned and we're not giving heed to God's Word. Listen, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, the abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of of the poor and needy. And this amazing thing. Remember the story of the rich man that getting sumptuously every day and said, I'm going to tear down these barns and build me more barns. I got my barns are running over. It never occurred to him to share with the poor and the less fortunate. Remember the rich man in Lazarus, the story when he was so super rich and there's a man outside his gate uh, just begging for a crumb of bread, a piece of bread. And he is so caught up in himself that he is so stingy that he wouldn't even give him a crumb of bread. And, and, and oh, you know the rest of the story, uh, how that, that he fared sumptuously. He had more than enough, but he had in his pride and selfishness, he had no regard for the poor and the needy right outside his gate. Listen carefully to Isaiah chapter 58. It's about the chosen fast. And, and uh, it, the chapter begins with, we prayed, you're not listening. We've fasted and you haven't noticed. You're not hearing our prayer. You're not hearing our cry. Well, stinginess is one of those things. 
Selfishness is one of those things, particularly stinginess in regard to the poor. So as I read Isaiah chapter 58, listen to it carefully. He says in response to them, they said, we've fasted, you haven't looked. We prayed, you haven't listened. And he said, is not this the fast? Verse 6, he's answering them. Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Is it not, listen carefully, to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? And when thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. This, this area of our life of selfishness and stinginess. You know, it's hard today to even talk to some Christians about giving. Because it strikes a nerve. It exposes our stinginess and our selfishness. Friend of mine, if we could just see what God wants to do for us and through us. If we would get rid of this attitude <laughs> and become selfless. Part of following Jesus is, is denying ourself. You can't be selfish when you take up your cross. You can't be selfish and follow Christ. You can't be selfish and deny yourself. And you can't be stingy. Praise God. Amen. Verse 8 says, Then, when you deal with this, then thy light shall break forth as the morning, thy health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee, and the glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. Hallelujah. Praise God. Then, here's answered prayer in verse 9. Hear it. Then thou shalt call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, speaking vanity, if thou, here it is again, if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul, then thy light shall rise in obscurity, and thy darkness shall be as the noonday. And the Lord shall guide thee continually, satisfy thy soul in drought. This is sowing and reaping, plain and simple. And make fat thy bones. Thou shalt be like a watered garden, and like a spring of water, whose waters fail not. And they shall be of thee, that shall build up the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations. And thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach and the restorer of paths to dwell in. Praise God. You know, the Bible said of the intercessor, intercessor that we could stand in the gap and make up the hedge. We could be called because intercessory prayer is going to get answered. We're going to be the repairers of the breach and the restorer of paths to dwell in. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thine own pleasure on my holy day, the old covenant, 
It was the the Sabbath that was mandated because of the law. But in the new covenant, it is a Sabbath that we have 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 dedicated ourselves to that we would take a day out of the week from the self stuff <laughs> amen and and give that day to god amen I, I believe sunday is still the lord's day and i believe we should make a genuine effort to honor it as such not as the old testament sabbath according to the law because we're not under that law anymore but because we reverence god to that degree (laughs) amen that we cease from doing our pleasure on his holy day and call the sabbath a delight the holy of the lord honorable and thou shalt honor him not doing thine own ways nor finding thine own pleasure see this is addressing selfishness and stinginess nor speaking thine own words then thou shalt delight thyself verse 14 in the lord and what do you say about delighting in the lord it said if we delight in the lord in the old covenant Delight thyself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Because they won't be selfish, and you and I won't be stingy. Praise God. Not only with the poor, but with God Himself. And I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth, and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father. For the mouth, I like this, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Praise God. In other words, we've got God's inerrant, eternal word on it. If we do this, he said, I'm going to do that. That's why in Malachi, he said, prove me with this, this, this obedience that I'm calling for in this area of giving. Put me to the test. Prove me herewith, saith God, and see If I won't keep my word, the mouth of the Lord speaking it, hath he not said it? Will he not do it? (laughs) Amen. Oh, friend, what what God wants to do and what he wills to do and what he will do in and through our lives. If we'll begin to deal with sin, idols in our heart, selfishness, stubbornness and stinginess in our relation to the poor and needy, that we we are going to find all of the time. We have a, a, a church of just a handful of people left, but we do have a monthly missions commitment because we want to do what we can with what we have for as long as we can for Christ and to help others. And I have poured my life into the preaching of the gospel. I've turned down uh, opportunities to to go up with companies when I was bivocational for 12 years. Uh, worked for Tampa Electric, worked for uh, a production plant, and preached every Sunday. We've, we've given our life to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I'm going to tell you, I would do it all over again. Not only for the reward, that's going to be given when we get to heaven, but for God's blessing right here and right now. Praise God. And to know that when I bow my knee and pray for others, that there is no hindrance to that prayer of intercession. 
that he will say when I cry unto him, that he will say unto me, Here am I. Praise God. Amen. And when I I pray for my needs and my family, that I have been selfless enough, that he will say once again, Here I am. His ear is not heavy, that it cannot hear. His hand is not short, that it cannot save. So when he hears us and responds, and mighty wonders, mighty miracles, powerful things are going to occur. The supernatural is going to invade the natural world. And God is going to be known once again as our God. And he will, because he has acknowledged us as his people, his children. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't know. I, 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 every time that I get down in the Word of God, I, I, I see needs in my own life to get closer to God, to become more sensitive and obedient to Him, to confess my sins in these areas and ask God to help me, help me to overcome, help me to be a, a, a channel for Him to use however He wants to use me for my sake and for the sake of others. Oh, friend of mine, how we need men and women of God today that can pray effectively. Because (laughs) if one of us can put a thousand to flight, two of us can put ten thousand. We have the promise in the Word of God, they'll come out against you one way, they'll flee before you seven ways. And I want to see that. I want to see the backside of the devil. I I know what he looks like coming against me. I want to see what he looks like running from me. Hallelujah. How about you today? It's worth getting real, open, transparent, and honest with God. As David said in the Psalms, Search me, O Lord, and see if there be any unclean way in me. He didn't even trust himself. Some of these things are clear to me because I see them in me or trying to get a stronghold in me. And I can deal with it by my own knowledge of myself. But David said, you know, I don't want to just trust myself with this. I want God himself to look down into my heart of hearts and life of lives. And if there's something that I need to deal with, I want God to show me and I want to deal with it effectively because I want I want to be right with God oh friend it's so important to be right with God today amen it is so very important to be right with God today if you are not saved today You may be praying, and the Scripture is clear in the New Testament. It was a given in the New Testament. It said, we know that God heareth not sinners. But if a man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. But there is a prayer he will hear from you no matter how sinful or sin-laden you are. And that is when you repent of your sin. You call upon God in the name of Jesus to forgive your sin. Hallelujah. He will abundantly 
pardon you. Oh, friend, don't run from the Lord today. You need Him. He wants to be there for you. He wants to take you through all the terrible things that can befall us in a faulty body in a fallen world. Secure you for heaven and take you home when the time comes. And today, if you're a Christian, let's cleanse our hearts. Let's pray in faith believing and let's see the mighty hand of God move in our generation and come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.